0: Welcome into another edition of the I'm Fat podcast. I am Rick Camp alongside fellow fat Jay Zawoski and Jay. It's that week of the year. I took time off from work. You've been taking time off from work. The holidays have started, and it's a fat's probably favorite holiday coming up: Thanksgiving. This is a big one for us.
1: Oh, I've been preparing my belly for. uh, I've been in a strict training regimen of eating as much as I can for a week now just trying to get ready for Thanksgiving. I, I feel prepared more than I ever have. You know, like some people, not that listen to this podcast, but some people prepare for the Chicago Marathon.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's like Rick and me, we prepare for Thanksgiving. So I've been adding elastic to my pants, you know, all, all the steps we need to take for this huge, huge day. I cannot wait.
0: Yeah, it's it's always been my favorite going back to pretty much when you get old enough to wear you know, some of the luster of Christmas kind of goes away with, you know, presents and all that stuff. No, that now it's about the food. That's what we're here for. So we have a lot of Thanksgiving related content to get to today. Our Thanksgiving food power rankings. Yes, we have that, which is always important and generally controversial. Of course,
1: always, always controversial. And we may have done this before, Mm -hmm. um, but they change every year because tastes change and ideas change and you know, you reevaluate things after a while, right? The only people that don't do that are the bulls.
0: Well, let's not go there. <laughs> there, there. There's enough podcasts that are depressing talking about the bulls. We don't need to be one of them. Good point. Good point. Oh God. Uh, then we have I had a great experience this past Friday. Yes. Of, it's been well publicized on the Lawrence Holmes show on the Score, and also on Twitter. So any social media outlet really that our friend and our colleague for like another couple days, Tony Gill, has a lot of bad thoughts. Yes,
1: and, he and he I th- have one today by the way. Whew. Oh, did he have one today? He's a uh, team T I. Just take that for what it's mm. worth. Yeah. That's I mean, a thought. It is a thought that came out of his mouth. Mm-hmm. Well wow. it's his daughter.
0: Oh boy. Oh wow Yeah. Anyway. Oh <laughs> my <laughs> god, that's probably He's not started. good probably good i wasn't there today but on friday lawrence holmes wanted to rectify tony's terrible thought that every steak is the same so because tony tony had this thought because he went to outback steakhouse once and the steak was fine not great so he thought every steak because it comes from the same animal his words not mine is just okay and not great and completely overpriced now there are more merits to the completely overpriced thing i think than most most things that tony says at least but (laughs) this needed to be rectified so lawrence took tony and myself to gibson's so i have stories
1: yeah i want to hear those and uh i watching the video not to spoil anything but watching the video i think tony saw the light
0: oh he did that that i love that darnell mayberry who covers the bulls for the athletic took the the still shot of that moment (laughs) <laughs> and it's so perfect. It's great. So,
1: they yeah. we... will do that to you, man. It's I know. Uh, somebody was describing it yesterday. Maybe it wasn't. It might have been Mac saying just how you know you guys just sort of looked like fish out of water. And I'm the oh, same. Way. Yes. To, like when I go to a fancy restaurant, I just feel like everyone knows I don't belong here. And I can fake it. Like, I know how to act and I know how to dress and stuff. Exactly. But it's just such a foreign experience for me. I'm I'm much more of like a Wings and Burgers kind of a guy than a Steakhouse Mm -hmm. kind of a guy. But we went there, uh, me and Tim Bach, who used to produce at the Score years ago, when we were producing for Dougie and Gary Fentick, the two of them took us to Gibson's. And you can imagine what going to Gibson's with Doug Buffone and Gary Fentick is like. Oh, man. Tim and I were just like, oh my god it was overwhelming i had the biggest steak ever there was a lobster tail the size of a football it was just one of the most surreal dining experiences i ever had and that's like before the food even came just sitting across from gary Fensick and he's like so tell me about your life tell me about your family i was like what what is happening right was you know what was i nine when they won the super bowl those guys are like superheroes to me and just to sit across from Gary Fensick and have him picking my brain about life was quite quite an experience that was supplemented with delicious meats.
0: Really, everything's better with delicious meats. Well, that's we, the truth. We should put that on a pillow. On my gravestone. That too.
1: Which I'll probably need sooner than later because of this podcast.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> a lot of people too. I had a friend that uh, is all health all the time and just sending me messages like listen now i i used to work out to try and get skinny and now that i'm like skinnier now i listen to your podcast and work out so that i can eat the stuff you guys talk about and maintain my relative frame that's the essence
1: uh, yeah that's great if you want to do that go nuts
0: yeah for normies that's kind of the essence of all of this and then but speaking i of do norm-
1: find like a lot of the comments we get are from people that are not overweight yeah yeah and I don't know if they're just living vicariously through us or oh, whatever. Oh, I think
0: that's part of it. I 100% think that's part of it.
1: Well, come on. Join us. It's it's autumn. You
0: can hide stuff under sweatshirts. Yeah. Oh, fun with us. It's fat season. Yes. Well, it always is for us. But... Well, yeah. But for normies, this is fat season. And in, in that spirit, we have plenty of Ask a Fat questions related to Thanksgiving, related to the holiday. So, all right. Let's get down to it. We came up with... Our Thanksgiving food power rankings. Let's go from five to one.
1: All right. Why don't you start it off? I All right. See, I want to see where you go.
0: All right. See, my number five is not something that's generally associated as much with Thanksgiving, but for my family, always was, and that is the apple pie slash apple slices.
1: Okay, it's that's cut... that's a good one, and that's an autumn cuisine.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, that's that's something that that I I think that that's a pretty common. Uh, Thanksgiving item. Yeah, it's I it, mean, it's I, like you know, the it's the pumpkin.
0: alternative for uh it's the alternative for pumpkin pie essentially for people that aren't as keen on pumpkin, it's right there for you. All
1: right, so do you want my number five, or are you gonna go five through one?
0: No, give me your number
1: five. My number five is pumpkin pie. It's funny you mentioned that, and and uh, not the hugest fan of it, like year round, but when Thanksgiving comes, it's almost an essential part of the experience because the taste is just so perfect. Mm-hmm. Kind of somehow complements. All the things you had for the entree, it's very weird. Maybe it's a nutmeg or whatever, but uh, pumpkin pie is my number five.
0: All right, my number four, something else you don't necessarily associate as true Thanksgiving food, the crescent roll.
1: Okay, that's pretty solid.
0: Because, like, you have so many things where, like, there's not as much texture to it. Like, stuffing, not a ton of texture. You know, your potatoes, depending on how you get them, not quite as much texture. Cranberry sauce, there's not a whole lot there. Turkeys... Kind of just whatever turkey is. The crescent roll has a, a nice crust to it. Mm-hmm. It's nice and hot. it's flaky. it's something that's light involved with Thanksgiving which there's not a lot of but you know it's kind of nice to have a little bit of a mix there. So the crescent roll you can also then if you get if you have ones that are big enough, you can also make sandwiches out of them. So if you have a warm crescent roll, with some of your Thanksgiving foods in it, almost like what you would do for leftovers, but just doing it day of, that can be clutch.
1: Yeah, th- that's a good call. Crescent rolls are good. We usually go with the King's Hawaiian bread. Nice. It's our bread of choice, which is always awesome. It goes – that King's Hawaiian, you can put anything on that, and it's amazing. Uh, my number four is stuffing. Big fan of stuffing. I think that it is one of the quintessential tastes of Thanksgiving, and uh, it's probably – I mean, turkey takes up the most space. Sure. But I think in terms of, like, the weight of the item on my plate, I would think stuffing is probably the most, probably takes up the most, like, mass or whatever you want to say on my plate. I love stuffing, uh, especially when it's made, like, cooked in the bird. And I know you have some risks when you do it that way health-wise. Sure. But if you do it right and not just, like, out of a box or whatever where it gets all dry. If you, cu- if you cook it in the turkey and do it right – it's hard to beat.
0: That's very true. Yeah, that's that's a very solid choice. And and with that much praise, I'm interested to hear what your one through three are. So my number three is cranberry sauce. And it ha and it has to be the I can see the rings from the can on it. I don't want this real cranberry nonsense. Give me the gel the like the gelatin y version. I just want that. Get your real cranberries out of my face for this instance. I just want what I grew up with. It's, it's, you know, it's a nostalgia play as well as just being really, really good. I need the cranberry sauce where like, if you only have a few people that really want it, you just kind of slice it at the ridges.
1: Yes. That I'm not, see, I've never been a big cranberry sauce guy because I'm a texture person and the texture never sat well with me. Really? Uh, Yeah. But my wife makes, um, she makes homemade cranberry sauce and I do eat that. I think that's good. I like the taste of like actual cranberries. So I am going to give the canned cranberry sauce another try this year. It's been a while. I tried it a few years back. I was like, eh, I'm not really into it. I'll try it again this year because people I trust, like you, when it comes to food, aside from your peanut butter version, sure. oh. I trust you. I trust your input. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a legit try this year. Okay. All right. My number three is turkey. And I know that that sounds crazy. But when you see my number two and my number one, it'll make more sense Um, I typically find myself going for the white meat first, Mm -hmm. which is weird, but I just cover it with salt and pepper. And, uh, I don't know. I I know that most people think the dark meat is more flavorful and I agree with that, but for whatever reason, just like what my dad every year, he gets out his carving knife and like slices the turkey. He's the one that carves it. Mm -hmm. And just the way he does the breast is just like, Oh, it, it just is that whole, all the sensations of Thanksgiving go through you as you're watching that happen. Yeah. You're like waiting for him to be done enough to serve it and to take some. And you're always sort of grabbing at the scraps while he's doing it. And he's waving his knife at you.
0: Boy, this that... all sounds really weird out of context.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> while my dad is feeling breasts, he's waving knives at me. Yes. That is a little weird. Yes. Um, But yeah, I, I always go for the white meat first.
0: Yeah. I, I tend to be with you on that white meat over dark meat. I think also because people that love dark meat really love dark meat so they are going at it hard where i'm like hey hey, do you i'm good with what's with whatever's there so a lot of times that that tends to be white meat
1: that's a good point because they are sort of militant about i only like dark meat so i'm like hey if i'm more if i'm kind of indifferent go for it have your thing you prefer yeah and i will you know i'll handle it
0: all right my number two was your number four stuffing Uh, Now, I was a late bloomer on stuffing. When I was littler, I think it was like, whoa, this this is getting cooked where? So I was not as big of a fan of it. And, you know, stuffing isn't the most aesthetically pleasing thing in the world. So I was not... I wouldn't even really give it much of a try as a kid. But once I got old enough to not really give a crap anymore, man, stuffing rose the ranks quickly. So I am here for stuffing in... Almost any form. I'm not as much of a stuffing the next day person, but you and I are not the biggest leftover people in general. I mean, well, it's I think.
1: so rare for us.
0: Yeah, it's true. Because we really just, we don't deal with it. At least, at least unless it's an, a purposeful thing, whether it actually comes to fruition or not. Like I know my instance that I've brought up many times of getting two burritos, thinking I was going to have one at the time and one for the next meal, and then neither of them made it to the next meal. That that was a goal to have leftovers, but it just didn't quite
1: happen. It didn't work out that way. No. I want 50 pizza rolls. My number two uh, is mashed potatoes. Um, I could have mashed potatoes for every meal for the rest of my life and not be unhappy about it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's it. I mean, pretty simple.
0: Yeah, they're mashed potatoes. And that leads perfectly into my number one, the double baked potato. Wow. That's, That's my family's specialty. OK, that that's what that's what my family does. Well, I love the double baked potato. It's uh, I, I don't know what it is. I think it's partially just like the balance in terms of how much to add to the potato after the first cooking to get the, to get the balance right. So it's not too heavy. It doesn't you know, it doesn't lose the integrity of the potato flavor. It's done really well. It doesn't have the crispest skin in the world. As I discovered this past week, which we'll get to in a little bit, but man, is it's it's just so satisfying. And when you pair that with the stuffing, with the cranberry sauce, for me, that's where it really hits home. So on my list, no meat, actually. Well, no, uh, no thanks, no turkey. And I thought it might be a little too controversial to put ham up there. But I also, it's not an every Thanksgiving thing. It kind of depends on who's hosting if there's a turkey alternative there. So I went with stuff that's there all the time. Turkey, not in my top five. And maybe I just haven't had the best version of turkey, but if you have to cook turkey in the top, what, 10 to 15% range for it to not be super dry, your meat is trash.
1: Well, you have led me very nicely to my number one. And again, this is our Thanksgiving power rankings. And my number one Thanksgiving item Is gravy because without gravy, one through or two through four are pretty much inedible. I can eat dry mashed potatoes, I suppose. I could work my way through plain mashed potatoes. Mm -hmm. But turkey needs a lubricant. It is a dry meat, even if you cook it moist. And my wife is an awesome, she cooks the best turkey I've ever had. And that and she's just started like two or three years ago. And it's amazing and it's moist, but still, you need gravy on your stuffing on your mashed potatoes on your turkey not on your pumpkin pie but if you do it i won't judge you um gravy is the sort of the the glue that holds thanksgiving together and the more uh you know natural you cook it with and you do all that the, the old-fashioned way mm-hmm. the best Is i like little pieces of the meat in my gravy but even like the way my family used to make it with like the store bought packet of gravy. It's artificial, but it tastes really good. Gravy is an absolutely absolute essential to making Thanksgiving edible. And I don't say it tastes bad, but you've got all those sort of dry items on your plate. Sure. You need that moisture to sort of get it moving cuz you're eating fast and you're eating in quantity. So you need that help to get it down.
0: We want to know your top 5 your Thanksgiving food power rankings. Tweet us at @imfatpods. Make sure to subscribe rate and review the podcast and make sure to tell a friend because everybody needs help strategizing on Thanksgiving of how to maximize your eating experience that's what we're here for I mean we what are we like the 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 Bill Belichick and Bill Walsh of Thanksgiving food consumption
1: maybe Bill Parcells would be a little more true fitting for Bill Walsh is is a normie
0: yeah, that's very true. Belichick's kind oh. of an normie, but he does wear the really baggy sweatshirt. So yeah, hiding something. Yeah, and Parcells <laughs> doesn't hide. It's just right there for you.
1: Could you think of a worse nickname than Tuna? By the way. Yeah, that's really bad. Tuna sucks. It it tastes bad. It smells bad. Mm-hmm. Fat and ugly. That'd be the worst nickname you could give somebody.
0: Yeah, and it requires mayo for a lot of people to eat it. How bad does your food how bad does it have to be to have mayo be what makes it edible?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that makes it really bad.
0: All right. All right, so we stumbled upon a concept last episode that we want to bring to this one. So let's take our top three. Yeah. Kill, life, last meal. So if you had to get rid of one of your top three forever, which would it be? Which one would you have for life, and which one would you only have as part of your last meal?
1: Okay, so it's life, kill, and uh, what's the other one?
0: Last meal.
1: Okay. So you can only have
0: it one more time.
1: Ooh. All right. I'm gonna take gravy. I'm gonna do my two, three, four, cause I can't just like live off gravy.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Um. So okay, I'm ready.
0: All right, go for it.
1: I'm gonna kill stuffing.
0: Okay. Because I eat it
1: once a year. Sure. I'll give turkey my last meal because I could justify having like a Thanksgiving turkey as the last thing I eat. Mm-hmm. I could justify that. That's a good, hearty meal. Yeah. And for life, I said it, mashed potatoes. I'd eat them for life. When my when my aunt used to host uh, Christmas, she would order an extra catering pan of mashed potatoes if I was coming. Wow. I thought I would eat it on my own, but she wanted to make sure that if I was there, I got as much as I wanted and there was enough that's awesome.
0: All right, I'm along the same lines as you, where for me, I'm my top three were the double-baked potato, stuffing, and cranberry sauce. I'm killing cranberry sauce, you know, just because yeah. it's, you know, of those three, I don't think it's even that close. My last meal will be stuffing, because I just love stuffing, and I can be very satisfied with that. I could have my family's twice-baked potato, double-baked potato, whatever you want to call it, Every day of the week, and I would be perfectly happy. It's so great. It's light. It's creamy. I love the damn thing. And then just to like finish the whole thing off by eating the skin, I'm a hundred percent here for it. Are you? Are you? A, are you a uh, potato skin eater? Um,
1: it depends. It depends on the potato. It depends on who made it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, um if it's gonna be, if I feel like it's clean, I'll eat it. That's Does that fair. make
0: sense? Yes.
1: Sometimes I feel like it's like, uh, I can still see like dirt on the, <laughs> on the skin. Yeah. find that. Like I'm not a, ooh, I can't do but I'm just not going to consume it if it's dirty. If, if I know, if I'm confident that it's been washed, then yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll eat the skin if it's crispy. I don't really like the soft skin. It's got to be kind of well done for me to do that.
0: Yeah. Okay. So to recap, I had no Turkey in mind. You had Turkey lower than most probably would. You had pumpkin pie. I did not. And the one we, the one thing that's pretty common that neither of us had, green bean casserole.
1: No, keep it.
0: Yeah, I'm here with you. Not interested. All right, so before we get to ask a fact questions, I had a food experience on Friday. That was awesome.
1: Yeah, let's hear about it. Just, oh. just do it
0: slowly. Talk okay. slowly. I
1: want to pretend like I was there with you.
0: Okay. I'll especially speak slowly about the food. So this has been kind of a long going thing on the Lawrence Holmes show is that for one thing, it was Lawrence, myself and Tony Gill were part of this food experience. So Tony's had the thought that all steaks are the same because he had one steak ever. And it was from a steakhouse outback steakhouse. (laughs) So yeah,
1: yeah, big clarification there.
0: Yeah. Just a little different than what you would normally think of as a steakhouse. So he thought, well, it all comes from the same part of the cow, so whatever. That's Tony in a nutshell. So Lawrence and I, being very frustrated with this, Lawrence had the idea to take him to a real steakhouse, and we will have a steak and see if his opinion changes. So we go to Gibson's, and mind you, this is, like you mentioned before, I am like you where I, I know how to act in these higher-end places but I surely don't feel comfortable in them. And Tony Tony had a hundred percent culture shock because for him, he's never really been in a place like that. So it was kind of cool on one hand, but also just kind of fun to observe on the other hand, just like, and Lawrence told us ahead of time, don't worry about the price. Don't look at that on the menu. Just get what looks intriguing to you. But still like, it's hard to ignore the the number on, on a Gibson's menu. The food is delicious, of course, but it's hard to ignore that number. So, Tony got the whole spiel of this is this type of steak. It's going to taste a little more like this. You know, you're going to want to cut it like such and all all this and whatever. So, Tony and I end up getting the same thing. We got the the New York strip. And the first bite for Tony, by the way, (laughs) was incredible because he had he he cut like a really small piece off the end like maybe half a bite for us and it was chew 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 and his his eyes lit up <laughs> it was so great and the best part is lawrence captured the moment so at lawrence w holmes if you want to find that that was from friday from uh, this past friday so it's it was great and he was just like oh like <laughs> this is what people were talking about i get it now
1: yeah and i think some people will like when they try something new they've kind of been poo-pooing mm-hmm. they'll immediately pretend like it's not as great just so they don't i don't know not that they would feel bad but so they don't look stupid yeah tony was like all right i was wrong yep <laughs> yeah it's like flat real brain, like, quick yeah. Yeah, I, I probably uh, I probably messed that one up, and and I now I see what I've been missing, which is the whole point. Yeah, you want him to, you want you know, Tony comes from a a, a middle class family that probably didn't have a lot of extra money, like all of us did. Yeah, these experiences don't happen for for guys like that all the time. So to see him finally have that experience, like I said, with my thing with Fensick and Buffone, mm-hmm. I've never had anything like that before or since. And yeah, I've been to, you know, I've been to Gibson's before. And, but I would always have like, oh, I'll have the cheapest steak on the menu, or I'll you know Sure. Those sort of things. I've never had like, aside from that one meal, I've never had the blowout anything you want, any price, no questions asked, sort of a meal. Can you imagine? There's people in the world that just live that way. Yeah. Like it's just any nuts. meal you want, any price, anytime.
0: That's crazy. Oh. Yeah. So to, to round out what the rest of the meal was, and by the way, this was my first ever experience, like sitting down for a meal there. I'd been there twice. I'd been there for a score remote at the Gibsons in Oak Brook. So for that, it was, you know, I was working. I had like a, a burger there. You know, I knew I would, even though we weren't paying at that point, I didn't feel like it would be that proper to get like a, an expensive steak or anything like that. So I got like a burger. It was great burger. Cool. And but to be and then the other time was for uh, the, uh I don't want to uh, party the get together that was had after Doug Buffone's funeral, right. So
1: I, I don't know what you call those like yeah post funeral yeah. meal
0: yeah I get to, uh, maybe just a, a conservative get together is like what you call that right. But um they had prime rib there and that was fantastic along with other stuff but it wasn't quite the same so we got two now Lawrence insisted we get two things as appetizers their double-baked potato, and the hash browns. Now, oh. now I know people are probably like, oh, you know, you're doubling up on your starch. What are you doing? <laughs> Let me tell you. For one thing, shut your dirty whore mouth.
1: Yeah, I'm not saying that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and for another thing, all the things that I mentioned about my family's double-baked potatoes is they're in spades with the Gibsons one and the fact that it's gigantic. Yeah. Like, There's
1: no small portions there.
0: No, so you t- like the, because they knew it was just three of us. They sliced it into three, which was nice that they did that already, so it made it easier on us. But the three was more than enough for us. So it was, ah, oh, it was so good and like the it was the crispiest without being like burnt yeah. skin that oh. I've ever had on a potato. It was, oh, oh man, it was fantastic Ooh. Ooh, i'm sweaty and the hash the hash browns were very very good i thought it was a little interesting that it wasn't served on like a big plate it was served in a bowl hmm. so that i think that changed a little of the inner consistency to it but it was excuse me it was still really incredible so you know gibson's knows what they're doing i'm i'm you know shock <laughs> yeah. that that's my hot take is gibson's knows what they're doing in that regard and i haven't even gotten to dessert yet
1: okay give oh. it to me oh and also tell me about dessert
0: right uh the creme brulee mm. so that was something that that like tony was like what is this like you know had heard the term but didn't really know what it was like the color of like the of the torching on top was like picture perfect what you would see on like a magazine or something and it was like just this nice crust and it was so light on the inside that was incredible and then we got the chocolate mousse pie we got a slice of that which if you've ever seen anything from gibson's you know like a slice of cake or pie Is enough for at least like four or five people. So we had that and we each got our slice off of it and was like, holy crap. Cause it's, it's actually got, it's not like super, super rich. Like it's, it's a lot, but it's actually, if anything, it's got a little bitterness to it. If you have it, see like, cause then what, yeah, that's, that's just, it was incredible. So what Lawrence did after the meal was he had, Tony didn't eat all the steak, which, you know, Oops. demerit. Jesus. I know it's ridiculous. But then I got to take home the chocolate mousse pie that was left over because, well, we all know my wife loves chocolate. Yes. Going to let that sit there for a second. Okay. And. I'm going to
1: let it go, but you had to.
0: Nope. Oh, I had. Oh, Stop censoring myself. What well, yes. And the best, so the best part about that is I kind of casually mentioned That, like, we've spoken about lists on the air before. And that, you know, Usher and Cam Newton, like, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm not the only one that said what their, you know, their wife or significant others uh, list is. And and Colleen's like, I don't care. She's like, one, I never listen. And I was like, well, that's true. And two, she's like, what does it matter? She's like, what does it matter if if Usher and Cam Newton are at the top of my list? I'm like, okay, hey, that's why you're my wife, because you don't care.
1: Exactly. That's a good reason to marry a woman. If you have a wife that would get mad about that, reconsider things. Yes. That's all I'm saying.
0: Right. So when we got the thing is when we had the leftover or at least part of the leftover, we hadn't eaten we had it as our meal. And then kinda realized how something like that that's that intense, you almost need to have a regular meal before it just so that you have something to balance it out. Because yeah. that's really what it does best is Like the consistency is great. It's really creamy. And like the crumble on the bottom, I would actually take it and like kind of spread it throughout the entire thing so you kind of get that balance. But man, that is wild. It is wild how good that stuff is. I regret this segment
1: because I will not have this experience anytime soon in my life.
0: I understand. I'm floored that I was able to have it. And let me say again, it was 100% from the generosity of Lawrence because he was willing to spring for the meal so that Tony could have this experience and and kind of on the undercard so that I could have the experience. Because even though like, you know, like we mentioned, I understand what it is, but never really had gotten to experience it myself.
1: Yeah. It doesn't happen often for you. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So yeah. So much appreciation to Lawrence. All right. One more thing before we get to ask a fact questions. Okay. We have to tip our cap to the guy at the bears game on sunday oh yeah that had he was in like the upper deck and had a full pumpkin pie and there's the video that like made the rounds on social media of him putting the cream on the pumpkin pie just knowing this game was going to be awful and (laughs) like you know what you know what will make this better pie i'm here for that logic
1: i i you know it's tough enough to smuggle in a pumpkin pie Right, that that's difficult to do. Yes. So maybe you put it, you know, in your in the bottom of your backpack, and you just try to remain as upright as you can as you go through security. But the can of whipped cream is inspired. It really that, is. That's gonna set off the metal detectors, probably. You know, that's gonna that's gonna raise some eyebrows. Uh, the, the fact that he was able to get both items in, and the pie looked like it was baked right there. Yeah, it was, it was fresh. It, yeah, it didn't look like crushed or destroyed or anything. Uh, that respect hat tip with okay. the kid with the Derek Jeter hat on respect for that guy. That okay. was that was impressive.
0: I have a theory. Now, I don't know who else he was there with. Did they have two that they were maybe hoping to have for the rest of their party? But did he have to give one away as a bribe to uh, get in?
1: Interesting. Yeah, because maybe they were going to say, you can't come in here with that. Like, really? What if I give you one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Yep. Right. Yeah. I mean, you see that guy and it's like, somehow I don't, th- I, you know, a guy that would call a bears Monday on the score. I don't think that guy is going to be doing anything nefarious at soldier field.
1: Well, I think the other thing too, is chances are someone with that sort of nerve at a bears game is a season ticket holder. True. He probably has relationships with the security guards, with the people in his area. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you could just walk into your average bears game, like someone like me or you who doesn't go every game. Right. Could do that. But someone who's got a relationship with the staff, He'll probably let those things slide a little bit, but he, however it happened, it's incredible that it did happen, and uh, I am delighted to live in a city with such an entrepreneur. It's really a, it's a <laughs> It's
0: so good. It yeah, really it was, is.
1: It was awesome. No doubt.
0: Yes. All right. It's that time. We have a lot of Thanksgiving-related Ask a Fat questions, so let's get to it.
1: Ask a fat about this and that. It's time to chat with
0: the fence actually kind of going right off of that guy we have from we have from kyle is whipped cream crucial to a pumpkin pie because he says he's left it off but he knows he's in the minority thinks it takes away from the pie itself
1: i think there's a fine line of too much versus none. i can have it without i don't think it's essential
0: Mm -hmm. i always
1: prefer like just a little dollop Okay. You know, some people just cover the whole piece. I don't do that. I'll just go like a, just like a little squirt. Just there's like a little, uh, a little ball of it on top of the pie. Again, I sort of agree. You don't want it to wash the taste away. And it'd be hypocritical. Oh, us not acknowledge our complaint about sour cream. True. What the taste of a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, whipped cream can have the same effect. You don't want to overload stuff with whipped cream. Cause really it doesn't have, it's got a slightly sweet taste. To me, it's more about adding texture. And I think that's what a lot of people who eat sour cream say. It gives it more of a a desirable consistency in their mind. Mm -hmm. So I can see that with pumpkin pie, just to sort of break up that very consistent flavor, a little bit of whipped cream goes a long way. All right, what's your first ask of that question? All right, well, this one is not a Thanksgiving question, but it's the only one that's not. Actually, I have two, and they're from Sisters. So Aaron asks first, I feel bad because today I gave my kids leftover pizza donuts, and Teddy Grahams for breakfast. What? Do other parents only give healthy breakfast to start their kids' day right? No. Hell no. Parents give their kids crappy food all the time. And yes, there's a select group of women and men that will feed their children organic everything, every meal. And I'm not criticizing it. If you've got the energy and you've got the money and the time to do that, great. Aaron, you've got three kids. Do what you got to do. To get through the day, to get rolling, and to get them fed. No, no judgment on my end, and in from if I'm reading Rick correctly, none from him either.
0: Yeah, because is it really is what she said any worse than like the sh- most sugary cereals that people are eating? No. no, and your kids are gonna give you cred for it, so you're killing two birds with one stone. There, they're getting out the door fed, and they can go to school and be like, hey. You know what I had for breakfast? Pizza. Why? Because my mom's awesome. <laughs> yes, exactly. There's
1: an old uh, Bill Cosby, ooh, 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 Oop. an old Bill Cosby bit about uh, chocolate cake for breakfast. Yeah. He would just say it's got all the food groups. It's got eggs, and milk, and dairy, and <laughs> all the food groups are covered by chocolate cake.
0: Yeah, so, just leave his special ingredient out.
1: Oh boy. <laughs> all right. Well, I got to give you the one from Aaron's sister too. Yeah. This one's- jill she said is there a food that you will eat even though you know it's going to destroy your stomach
0: Ooh.
1: yeah this is a tough one Hmm. there was a number of years where hope and i would frequent b-dubs like we would go by once or twice a week um early in our relationship we were younger we could handle those sort of things and i would say like one out of every four times we'd be done eating and it would feel like someone is literally stabbing us in the stomach yes and I don't know if it was, like, gas pain or, like, a reaction to the spicy food or whatever, but that was always the one place I'm like, I don't care how bad this hurts when I'm done. I don't care how bad it hurts coming out. I'm going here and I'm eating that.
0: Yeah, I'm, on my days where I really have a taste for spicy from uh, my bowl at Mongolian Barbecue at, what is it, BD's Mongolian Grill, that is probably my place because I'll put in either a little too much red pepper flake <laughs> or just a little too much cayenne with the too much red pepper flake. And sometimes that'll have me waiting for us to get home. And I'll be like, Oh boy, it's it's becoming a race against time here. So (laughs) yeah, those are the times that I've been like, maybe I just went a little too far with that. Uh, I know in college once now mind you, this was not a decision I made. I was tricked into this. Uh, There were times where, Over winter break, there were still basketball games going on. So you would get paid to uh, do the pep band for those games. Just so there's some sort of atmosphere in a stadium where there's like a couple hundred people. And we would get the money, and we would immediately go to Buffalo Wild Wings, and all of us would blow our money there. Because we really just wanted to hang out with each other anyway. Well, I go to the bathroom, and then I come back. And someone, without me knowing, because I guess the color was fairly similar... Had swapped out one of my medium wings for a blazing wing. Oh boy! So I take a bite into that sucker, and oh man! I mean, the positive was I was kind of getting—I was a little sinusy at the time. I was not after that because everything had been flushed out of my body. No longer sinusy. Seriously, like ev- like snot, sweat, everything. Just, just gone within like 10 minutes I swear so sometimes it's nice though oh yeah like there were there were times when I've been sick where I'm like no legitimately if I could like just order one blazing wing get it to go so I could go home and be in pain there and then I'd be happy because then whatever's making me sick this cold or whatever would just be flushed out of me so yeah I'd be all for that if I could but I got that whole you gotta order at least five thing
1: I used to eat Blazin, um with tenders because you can control how much you're getting on each bite.
0: Mm-hmm. And I would
1: give it a full dip, but I think the problem that comes in with the wings is it's soaked in, so it's in every inch of the bite. Also, it gets on your face. Yes, that's and, the worst. And on your hands and like on your lips, and that gives you a bit of the problem, too. Again, if you're dipping it in a tender, you can take a lot of the blazon sauce in a dip but it doesn't get on your face or your lips. It just goes right in your mouth. That's a little bit easier to handle. And the flavor of blaze and a beat is actually very good. Mm-hmm. It's just, can you handle the heat? That's the question. Uh, but on a wing, hell no, nope, 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 nope. Too yeah. many.
0: That's too where you, that's where you definitely in. need a boneless.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. If you have bone in, that's just problematic on every level. Yeah, it's rough.
1: Yeah. Boneless. You can pop into without any facial contact. Yeah. All right, what do, you, what do you got?
0: All right, this one we've kind of touched on, but we can solidify our answers on this from from Archive Russ. Most overrated and underrated Thanksgiving food. He said pumpkin pie for him is most overrated and cornbread slash stuffing is underrated.
1: Ooh, okay. Um, Overrated. Uh, green bean casserole. Yeah. Keep it. I don't want it. And underrated mashed potatoes, because they're my favorite, and I don't think they get enough
0: love. Yeah, for me, it's your your favorite variety of potato. For me, it's the double bake is underrated. And overrated, for me, it's close between turkey and the pumpkin pie. I, I guess I'll just say turkey because any place that has a Thanksgiving ham, that is clutch to give people the option or the option of both. Both is good, so... That's mine. I know it's not the most popular thing in the world, but, uh, hey, I have plenty of uh, unpopular but correct food
1: opinions. (laughs) All right. I have uh, the same question from several people. Uh, Mike, Steve, and Danny all asked some variety of this question. Are sweatpants at Thanksgiving acceptable? Hmm. Now, there's a couple caveats. Sure. Danny says, are they acceptable if it's only your family over for Thanksgiving? And then Steve says, sweatpants that look like jeans, yes or no? So the theme is similar, but there's different sort of... So if you're talking about like the jegging, I know they sell like men jeggings where they actually do look like jeans, but they are sweatpants. I think those are acceptable. Agreed. As long as they're a decent quality. And I do think if it's like your siblings and your mom and dad and that's it, yeah, go for it.
0: Especially if you're hosting... If you're hosting, you get to wear whatever you damn well please.
1: See, I think the opposite, though. I think if you're hosting, you have to present some sort of like um, some sort of display of togetherness. Like, look how I've got this all handled. I'm ready. I'm dressed. I look nice. I think when you're hosting, that's a different set of rules. Nah, screw that. It's I, I would not hold it against a guest if they came over in sweatpants. Not at all.
0: Yeah. Like for me, it's. We're doing the sacrifice of our place of, in theory, making most of the, uh, at least a good amount of the food. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't ever like show up looking straight, like a bum, like I'm not going to be in my PJs or something, but like, I would, I would like, if it was at like my aunt and uncle's house, like it always used to be, if they were a little, they weren't the best dressed person there, I certainly would not hold that against them. Okay, that's but, fair. But maybe that's just you know maybe that's just me.
1: All I also right. think too like over the years you kind of know how your family Thanksgiving is going to be. Yeah. Like you know the fanciness level of it, like how nice you have to look. If I wear jeans and a in a decent shirt, mm-hmm. then I feel pretty good about it. I, I don't need to like yeah wear a sweater and khakis and all that stuff.
0: No that that's that was kind of an, that's always an adjustment when you have to go to like in laws places for the first time. Mm-hmm. I had to I had to play that game with uh with Colleen's family as long yeah as long as I'm wearing like jeans and a polo I'm good and by a polo I mean the polo
1: the Rick Camp polo he keeps it like in the Bat Cave where you slide down and it's in like the glass <laughs> case <laughs> yeah that's where Rick keeps his polo
0: yeah cover man covering uh, Bulls games now it's rough I have to put the the polo in more rotation. Or the other thing I'll do is my shirt that's like, it's a long sleeve shirt, but it has like the white, uh, like the, uh, I don't know if it's technically a dicky underneath it, but like the dicky type thing. Yeah, I know. There's no favorite. good way to say that, but that's like actually what it is.
1: My favorite Stone Temple Pilots song.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll just own that one. All right. Yeah. So this is from Matt. Is Thanksgiving the only day acceptable to eat a large quantity of vegetables? Since the majority of them are covered or mixed with butter.
1: No, there is no day that's acceptable to eat large quantities of vegetables.
0: This is a ridiculous question, Matt. Step Not up you your game. Block Blocking
1: the podcast.
0: Yeah. He's got, Wait, he's got, he's got a one-week suspension.
1: Yeah. Corn, though, corn's different because there's no nutritional value to corn. Sure. And you just literally fill a cauldron with butter and then dump some corn kernels in it. Yeah. That's the one exception I'll make. Okay. All right. Uh, I got one from Matt as well. I think it's a different Matt. How soon after the food has been moved to the fridge, is it acceptable to raid the leftovers?
0: Hmm. Now we
1: eat, th- and I don't know if you're the same way. We eat Thanksgiving at like 4 p.m. Earlier than dinner time.
0: Yeah, so that, I would say by
1: right. 7, I've made the first trip already. Yeah,
0: because you want to let it, you don't want to get it when it's like lukewarm or just cool. You want to wait for that food to be cold
1: cold right
0: so you have to give it a few hours at least yeah i would say like probably two and a half hours three hours is about the time frame that i would think yeah that sounds right give it about a football game you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah that i think that's probably the most fair way to do it okay so from sarcastic turkey proper strategy between maximizing your favorite dishes but also getting the full turkey day experience get in line first that's probably pretty good See, you always, you always have to, now is your family, let the old people go first, or the old people say, no, we're good, and they'll go around last so they don't feel like they have to rush at all.
1: It was definitely the latter. My grandfather would, like, literally wait till there were scraps left to eat. That's just how he was. He just was like, oh, I'm fine. I'll be good. you know. And then as soon as everybody else was done, he mm-hmm. would go fill his plate. It's just the kind of guy he was. That's why I loved him so much. He was yeah. awesome but um but his wife <laughs> was mm-hmm. in the opposite way. she would like knock you over to get stuff but nice. um that's why the partnership worked um but i no i think it's kind of every man for himself right it's just um it is just this year it's just my parents and hope and Addie and my aunt and uncle so it's going to be a low key thanksgiving this year but everyone's pretty cordial everyone's everyone gets along yeah and uh you know there's an understanding i think i eat more than most of my family's normies So I'm like the one guy who you have to worry about eating everything. And then inevitably, I wait all day for Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. And then when it comes time to eat, I never eat as much as I think I'm going to. Yeah. I get full really fast. And maybe it's just because I eat so much or because there's so much starch or whatever. But I always expect to go back for like thirds, but I almost never make it past seconds.
0: Okay, well, I think that's more like the spirit of the question is like, prioritizing food on on plate one versus plate two or that type of thing of how do you maximize that you get what you want but also make sure you get some of everything to to get your full rounded out experience
1: i would so we're saying how would we prioritize right yeah the first thing i'm doing is turkey just because i have to base the rest of my plate off of the layout sure So I'm almost visualizing my plate here. The turkey would go on the top left corner. Then I would have uh, top right corner would be stuffing. Bottom triad would be mashed potatoes. And then I would put the corn somewhere between the stuffing and the potatoes. But not so I can't pour gravy over it. It's almost like in the middle of the triangle. Mm -hmm. And I would just like throw a roll on top. Yeah. That, that's how I do, but you get the, 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 turkey sets the tone for the whole thing and you've got to get those early long slices. Yes.
0: The easier to cut slices.
1: Right. Yep.
0: Yeah. I'm with you on that. Uh, yeah. I'm prioritizing, which I would rather have a little bit thinner, but longer slices of turkey than bigger, shorter chunks. Right. Yeah. That, oh. That's a hundred percent the way I, I try. And if I get to prioritize which type I want. See, my thing too is with the line thing. I try and wait longer because I don't need to fill the stereotype. Like you, I'm one of the I'm one of the few fats. You know, everybody's looking at me and they're always like, "Now, Rick, make sure you get enough." And I'm like, "Thanks. Oh, I, I will. Thanks don't, a yeah. lot." Yeah, don't worry,
1: I got it covered. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I I there are times where where I just I just want to be like, "Bitch, I got this covered." Come on. <laughs> do i look like i don't know what i'm doing right i am a professional here
1: i always think of the scene in a uh, wedding singer where adam Sandler's like oh i know we gotta eat soon because I so no fatty over there He's gonna have a heart attack if we don't eat <laughs> that's everybody looking at me at thanksgiving like i'm trying to play it cool like oh yeah i don't need to get in line right away you know and i'll kind of grab my plate and sort of like saunter around yeah and like, oh you know Just fake conversation where I'm not even listening to the words coming out of my mouth or theirs. Just, just for the illusion that I'm not wanting to run everyone in my family over to get this food. Yep. All right, my next question comes from Dan. He said, "Is the Thanksgiving turkey the worst holiday meat with the greatest come comeback story ever?" He's the king. He says they're the king of all holiday leftovers. It's the one meal that gets better as a leftover
0: yeah yeah it, it's the uh it's it's the beggar's pizza of <laughs> <laughs> uh, of uh of holiday foods i can see that now i would still take leftover christmas ham over leftover thanksgiving turkey
1: i'm not a big ham guy at least like for the like easter christmas ham yeah yeah
0: it's good, like like even your higher end like spiral honey ham. Nah. Yeah, they're good. I don't know. I just I've never been a huge ham guy. I've just but, I've, I've just been always good. so lukewarm on turkey that like the ham is so much better. Maybe even just by comparison. I, I mean, let's be honest. It, both both are side holidays. Yeah. Oh, of course. But
1: part of the thing with turkey for me though is like nostalgia is a big part of it for me. Expectations a big part of it for me. And uh, just, like, the the memory of those flavors
0: mm-hmm.
1: is always a good memory for me. And I know there's a lot of people that listen that don't love Thanksgiving because it creates a big family headache. Sometimes relationships are strained, and you got to go handle that. And now in this political age, like, there's going to be a fight at almost every party, it seems, um, these days. So I know some people dread it. But for me, I've been fortunate enough to have a family that argues but Overall, gets along mm-hmm. well enough, so it's always been a positive experience for me. So, um to me, it's it's almost like built up in the nostalgia of the whole thing. That's fair. And that's why I prefer turkey. Like the visual. Yeah. Of here it comes, right out of the oven, and Dad's gonna cut it, and we're all gonna, you know, it's gonna. And like we use the same plates every year and the same carving knife. It's just such a tradition that I think that's part of why I think I prefer it that way, if that makes sense.
0: No, I get it. And the our, the biggest thing I end up think of is it's like, yes, the turkey comes out of the oven. And then inevitably, my aunt and, her, and her, my two cousins, uh, her daughters, are all fighting over the skin. And there's almost no skin left by the time we actually get to eating. Because the three of them are just like getting at each other about having all the skin the entire time.
1: All right. I know you have another one. I have two more. One of which is rapid fire. Okay. Okay. So, why don't you do you want to do yours next?
0: Yeah. So this okay. is from Jammin, who wants to know what advice do you have for people who have to eat two separate Thanksgivings on the same day. It's a very common thing that people have to do.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I, I haven't had to do that, and I don't know how I would handle it. I think I would just expect it to be very full. I think my advice would be anyway. On Thanksgiving and maybe just sort of add emphasis to this make sure you eat early like have a like a decent breakfast mm-hmm. you know make sure you have if you're not eating like we're eating at four I'll probably have some sort of a snack at 11 just so I'm not like starving at dinner and then you eat one plate and because you haven't eaten all day you're full immediately I would just say eat sort of like normally and maybe move everything back an hour or two hours. And you usually would. Yeah. You're sort of eating at a normal level, maybe take a little bit off, but try to eat at a normal level as best you can.
0: Yeah. My number one thing I do is KYP know your personnel. So the first thing I do is I say, okay, because we're assuming this isn't your first, like if you're, if you're dating someone and it's your first time having to hit their Thanksgiving and your own, there's a little bit of the element of unknown there, but you have to rely on your significant other to give you the scouting report on their Thanksgiving. Mm, know, know what your family is good at and prioritize it. So if, if I got the scouting report that like Colleen's family does a really good turkey, but they're, you know, they just do like an average mashed potato, then I'm going to prioritize the double baked potato with my family. And if I know for sure I'm going to get my preferred style of cranberry sauce with my family, I'm going to make sure to get that early. Maybe not take quite as much turkey. Okay. So that way when I go to hers, I can load up more on turkey. And if they do something else, like Colleen's family does a thing for like every every um, every family get-together of pretzel jello. So we've done the pretzel. So I make sure to leave room for the pretzel jello and have like more of the dessert, more of the sweet whenever we, whenever we would go to theirs.
1: All right. I like that. That's solid. That's a good strategy. I like that very much. Because I know we have Thanksgiving and Hope's Ants like the next day. Okay. So it's not totally the same, but I know there are some things that will be better at our house and better at her house. Sure. So if it, if it was the same day, I would probably strategically plan for, okay, she has better stuffing. I'm going to go easy on the stuffing here and fill up on it later. That's a good call. All right, I like that. Good job, Rick. All right. Uh, this one's from Mary. A P1 to the podcast. She says, I'm a Thanksgiving Day purist. What is the most offensive alteration to a Thanksgiving meal that could occur? Example Aunt Karen decided to cook multiple trays of encore Salisbury steaks for something different. What? <laughs> now, I like this, but people who have had dinner with my family on Thanksgiving look at us like we're nuts. My mom makes this almost like a whipped jello, it's like a pink whipped jello. Okay. And it, it's good. It almost has a consistency of like Cool Whip. So it's not like creamy like whipped cream, and it's not like um, rubbery like Jello. It is like I guess the best word for it is like a whip. And it's sweet. And we have it on the side. I think because my mom doesn't like cranberry sauce, mm-hmm. she sort of did this as an alternative. But a lot of times when people have not eaten with us before, they see that like, what that? What is this pink fluff stuff? That's and it happens in our house. And I like it. But I think that a lot of people would see that as problematic.
0: Huh. I'm trying to think if we do anything really out of the ordinary. I mean, we might do some things like a little lazier where um, we might just have like a, a thing of chocolate chip cookies there too. you know, to just kind of give some options in terms of dessert. Normally, it'll be a pumpkin pie, an apple pie, or like, you know, a tray of apple slices. Like, it just kind of depends for those but those are pretty traditional maybe it's just that we have chocolate chip cookies there too because normally with my my mom we save kolachkis for christmas so that's more christmas is much more anything goes so yeah okay yeah thanksgiving wise we're fairly traditional in that regard maybe it's the uh the prevalence of the crescent roll just how much everybody wants it that's and, so and craves that yeah even though it's, it's nothing it's just you know the whichever brand you want it's it's not like we do anything special to it it's just that it's so clutch when you've got everything that for like a consistency uh or yeah for like a consistency type thing we okay. just love it all right yeah one i got one more this one's from ryan what's your go-to thanksgiving leftovers meal is it a sandwich or do you go for the leftover pile
1: um, sandwich. I look, part of my Thanksgiving experience is having a turkey sandwich after the meal. Um, get the bread, salt, pepper, turkey, uh, sometimes cold, sometimes you warm it up, whatever you're in the mood for. But that that first turkey sandwich after the meal is served, few things are better.
0: Yeah. I'm with you that that's probably where I'll enjoy the turkey a little bit more is in that regard. Or like I said, if it's ham for our family. I love leftover ham. I'm 100% here for it. So put that, Give put a little bit of the stuffing on there too, whatever's left. If it's in a bigger, I won't eat stuffing by itself as a leftover, but if it's stuffing as part of something bigger to maybe help hold things in place, I'm here for it. So maybe a turkey sandwich with some stuffing with, if there's any leftover cranberry sauce, that's on the side. I am 100% here for that. Not as big of a fan of, of the pile. So, yeah, I, I like it. And then that's if there's, like your family has, the King's Hawaiian roll, being able to add it to that if those are still available, or even if not, just regular bread is good. Yeah. Or for also like King's my Hawaiian
1: ham is made. They're made to go. Together.
0: Oh, my God. King's Hawaiian and ham is is incredible.
1: All <sighs> right. Here's my rapid fire one. Okay. Uh, this is from our guy, Zach Withers, a former fat, now a normie. It's fine. We'll allow it. Yeah. Um, some of these we've answered already. But here we go. Uh, sweet potatoes or yams, yes or no?
0: Uh, no.
1: Yeah, me too. Uh, we call it stuffing, not dressing. We answered that. Right. Uh, marshmallows on sweet potatoes, yes or no? I know
0: I know a lot of people that like sweet potatoes more than me that are 100% in favor of that.
1: Yeah, I would say yes on that. Uh, and we just did the best use of leftovers. So I'll add another question to this. Uh, Brian says, are, are meat sweats a real thing? Asking for a friend. Yes, indeed, meat sweats are a real thing. I get it more with red meat than mm-hmm. than uh I guess you call it poultry. I guess you wouldn't call it, it's not a guess you would call it poultry, <laughs> but yes m- meat sweats are an absolute real thing.
0: yes, yeah, sometimes it's hard to discern between the meat sweats and the regular sweats <laughs> <laughs> you know just depending on your environment but yeah. uh yes, the meat sweats are one hundred percent a thing, and uh that's where I bring up again that I cannot believe in march fatness that uh that Gold Bond has not advanced further than it has every year, because boy, boy, does Gold Bond bail me out of some uh, some rough situations if we want to just leave it there.
1: Yeah, and pr- the problem is we have too many normies voting. I know. That's They don't understand. They don't have to experience it.
0: Do we need to create, like, a scale that it's, it's almost like if you could, like, retrofit, a we like a we fit board and just have people to be able to vote you have to step on this and you have to be at least x pounds
1: that's a good idea i wonder if we could do like uh you know because i know some podcasts have like a patreon site yes so they like so those people that donate unlock it maybe you have to send us a picture of your scale okay. for us to send you the bracket
0: huh interesting either either that or consult with your fellow fats You know, if you're a normie, say, hey, I'm thinking in this matchup, like, if it's not a slam dunk for you in any of them that you're really questioning, ask a fat.
1: That's a great way to put it. That's the way to do it. Responsible. You wouldn't go into election, hopefully, and vote for a candidate without any knowledge of their position or their policies. You wouldn't vote in March fatness without knowing why fat people need these things. Come on. Right. Just because you don't wear suspenders doesn't mean you, you don't appreciate them
0: right everybody loved steve urkel or at least a lot of people did doesn't mean you wore suspenders right
1: exactly thank you rick thanks for saying what needed to be said
0: <laughs> all right we're gonna wrap it up here thank you to everybody for your ask a fact questions as always follow the podcast on twitter at i'm if you have not already subscribe rate and review the podcast it helps us out a lot in terms of rankings. You guys have helped us out a lot in terms of the rankings. What is it? We we cracked top. We peaked at cracking at top twenty.
1: I think we were the uh, the top rank we were. I'm gonna pull it up here on Chartable. I think we were the twelfth overall food podcast at our Whoa. peak. And the way these things work is they fluctuate a lot based on how often you do them. But I'm gonna pull it up right here. This is via Chartable. Uh, our latest. Our highest number was, as I stall for time, beep, beep, beep. Yeah, peak position was 12. That's awesome. So, And that's of all food podcasts. That's saying something. Yeah, so thank so... you all for listening. Thanks for uh, supporting us. And those reviews help. And by the way, I can see over the last 60 days, Yeah. we've had a handful of reviews. We need more of those. Those help us grow big time. So leave those five-star positive reviews. Even if you write in the review, great podcast, or really enjoy it, or funny podcast, whatever, just having the feedback there helps Mm -hmm. us get on those radars of the, uh, it's mostly Apple, to be honest with you. They'll move you up the list the more people interact with the podcast. That's sort of what makes it grow. So the more you interact, the better off our podcast will be.
0: Thanks so much again to everybody for being a part of our culture, our whatever we are, fat culture where normies like to peek in that's what we're here for we are all encompassing not just in our waistlines you know it's all over we are here for you he's jay i'm rick and this is the i'm fat podcast all right i think we got a lot accomplished here today now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the dominion energy reliability investment